Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. I am your host, as always, Noah Rubin. This is episode 21, and Adam King of Fantasy Basketball International and Zach Cantu of Roto World joined me to go through a dynasty mock draft that we were all part of. Adam hosted it. Took us a while to get through it, but we went through and discussed the first, I believe, five rounds of our picks uh, just for time's sake, and we will be going through the rest of the draft next week if all goes according to plan. So there's still plenty of good information there, but with us three, as you expected, we got off track, but we had a lot of fun and had a lot of good fantasy talk. Uh, before we get into it, just a quick reminder to subscribe to my Substack, noruben.substack.com. Uh, right now, the information coming out of there is pretty minimal, as a lot of my focus has been on the Roto World draft guide that we'll be releasing in a few weeks. Uh, but with all the information and time that I'm putting in that, haven't had time to do the tri-weekly, or I guess that'd be every three weeks, the three times a week columns that I had been doing previously. Uh, hopefully that will start back up towards the end of this month, but you can still be updated with every podcast episode. I will still send those out through there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at NoahRubin22 like subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you're consuming it would help me out a ton and then just a quick update uh, if you're interested in any sort of sports betting or sports gambling you'll want to tune in for this uh, i'm going to go ahead and start sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity and i want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits and there's never been a better time to sign up when you visit my page, signupexpert.com slash TML, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable signup offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these opportunities of these benefits and support my brand, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com/tml, which is the TML is for Tank Me Later, the Tank Me Later podcast, which you are listening to now. Uh, definitely check out my link. At least click on it and see what information is there for you and where. You are your location. I see what's available because it could be a great opportunity. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a diehard, at least fantasy basketball fan. So you'd probably be pretty successful with any sort of sports book. So I will also be posting on Twitter about this and continuing to remind you through my podcast uh, to look at that. And hopefully we can win some money together. But until then, uh, let's go ahead and check out this episode. Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. This is episode 21 now, and we are going through another Dynasty mock. I know everybody is pretty much over Dynasty drafts at this point of the year. Everybody's focused on redraft. Maybe there's still some Dynasty drafts going on. Um, but this was a Dynasty mock. I don't even remember when we started it uh, because it took years to finish. But um, yeah, so Adam King, who is here with us today, uh, kind of started the mock draft. It was 20 teams, and we went 16 rounds. And Zach Hanchu also participated in that, and he's here with us as well. And this is the first time we've had two, I guess, three people on the Tank Me Later podcast at the same time. It's a monumental day, just just huge for us. Um, but before we get into that, how are you guys doing today? Dude. I, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me for such a monumental show. And I just heard 21 shows. Kudos to you, brother. 21 <laughs> shows of your of your very own podcast, man. You've been cranking these things out. Bravo, man. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, and ditto. A very, very good uh, over here early in the morning. Um, looking forward to another day of work. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, exciting to be on the show. I've been on a few times. Um but yeah, it is much like you. We we sort of started our show similar sort of time, and and 
I feel like those first few episodes, the first 10, 15, I don't know, it, it's hard to, especially this time of year, to to get a bit of a rhythm because there's not a lot to talk about. But once you get in that rhythm, you actually, I think, like for me now, it's just, okay, I know today is a show. It's It's my routine. Let's go. Exactly. And Adam, I think we basically have you booked as a series regular at this point, you know, just like a special guest star like Zach is, but you're a series regular. Um, before we get into talking about the Dynasty mock, we'll just talk about the, you know, we can get into the the big news of JaVale McGee finally getting cut earlier, <laughs> Ty Ty Washington signing a two-way with Milwaukee. But really, the only thing going on in basketball right now is the FIBA World Cup. I don't know how much you guys have watched, um, but... Adam, we'll start with you. Actually, I want to, do you think, I mean, I, I probably know your biased opinion, but I don't know. It might be your unbiased opinion as well. Who's winning the FIBA World Cup? Oh, look, I mean, US are favourites, um, as they usually are. I have no idea why France were the favourites because, I mean, they got bundled out early. <laughs> I wasn't really that surprised. You look at their squad compared to some of the other squads. They're pretty old, like Batum's 70 Fournier hasn't played in seven years. Gobert, not who he was. They didn't have Weminyama. So I don't know why they were favourites, but I think the US are probably the favourites. Canada are probably my my dark horse, I think. Um, yeah, of course, I'd like Australia to win, but losing to Germany hurts us because I think we now play Serbia. Uh, sorry, not, not Serbia, Slovenia in the next round. So... We we need uh, Matisse Thibel to shut down Luca, um, so we'll see. But it's been good. I have watched a bit of it. It's on at a really good time for us. So the games over here start at about five pm in the afternoon, and then nice. run through to the late games. Sort of starts at about eleven pm. So haven't caught all the late games, but the the those earlier games um, definitely watched. And and yeah, it's it's basketball. So I like any basketball. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what it's like watching the NBA in the United States is that yeah. evening time to watch. So I don't know exactly what time that would be over here, but I just know I haven't watched any, but I've caught some caught a good bit of box scores. That's that's what's important, right? Box score hunting. Zach, do you think uh who who do you think's winning the FIBA World Cup? Yeah, I'd have to go for USA here. Um, I mean, just the young squad right now, they're they are playing so well together. Um, obviously, Anthony Edwards, you know, is is breaking out. Um, the biggest breakout is uh, the probably the most overhyped man in fantasy and in basketball right now, Austin Reeves, uh, the man, the myth, and now the mural in L.A. Uh, I, I mean, everybody is just going ape shit over this guy right now. Um, so I think the U.S. is – should be the favorite, but I agree with Kingy here, man. Uh, Team Canada is is no joke, dude. They rolled Latvia this morning. Uh, SGA and RJ Barrett have really provided that huge one-two scoring punch, uh, and they're they're getting some great production, man. They got Kelly O, they got uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, they got some boys that can play on that team. So I think it'll be very interesting. Uh, when USA and Canada inevitably meet. Um, so there, there's some intrigue there for sure. I guess I should have known better than to ask who Zach's pick would be when Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton are on the team. I should have just known. Um, my pick was going to actually be Canada, but then you guys brought it up as kind of like the sleeper dark horse one. So it's not as, not as cool saying it as, as I thought it would be, but I definitely think, and Zach of course forgot about Dylan Brooks uh, who can probably mm. take Anthony Edwards out of the game by hitting him a couple times. I don't know. We'll see uh, what happens. I think it's definitely more of a toss-up than it, I mean, was uh, 20 years ago, but then it's even more so been over the past few seasons or past few times that we've had the World Cup. Uh, but, Zach, you also bring up another point that wasn't planning to talk about, but I think we will. Austin Reeves, um, goodness, I saw him. I did uh, – the mock that Mitch Casey hosted with Josh Lloyd last night, and he went so early. He went like, sick in the sixties, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. I was not surprised just because of how much hype he's had. Um, but I get Zach. Where would you kind of take him? Just ballpark off the top of your head, as of right now, in a in a nine cat standard twelve team league. Where would I take him? I would take him in the oh my, it, 
maybe the mid eighties and beyond, if he falls to me there, I think I would be, maybe you reach for him a little bit if you're really all in on him. Um, but I mean, what's his ceiling, right? Is his ceiling, is his ceiling higher than top 75? Uh, I know Bron is going to miss some time. I know AD is going to miss some time. I know it's not the deepest of rosters, but I mean, playing alongside those guys with D'Lo on the team, uh, What's his ceiling there? And and if you draft him in the 60s, are, are you going to come anywhere close to getting any sort of value out of him? Uh, you know, I know this is for fun, but at some point we got to be a little realistic. <laughs> Adam, what are you yeah. – Yeah, look, I, I was taking him sort of oh, a month ago when we stupidly started doing some mock drafts um, and draft-only leagues. I think I was taking him around 90, and even that was viewed as high. Like, oh, that's too high. You can't take him inside the top 100. Now he's going, as we saw in that draft that Mitch uh, and Josh did, I think he went at 68 or something, I don't remember. But And, and Josh was sort of okay with that. I'm okay with that, but I think you're taking him at his ceiling if you're taking him that high. Um, you're sort of banking on LeBron missing time, Anthony Davis missing time. So you're probably looking at if – if you're drafting him there, you're relying on his total value to be – better than his per-game value, which it could be. Um, lack of defense is sort of what worries me. I think puts a bit of a cap on his overall value. He'll, he'll get some points. He'll get threes. He's efficient. Um, assists will be will be sneaky, like five or six assists. But he really only gets half a steal, 0.7, something like that. So that does drag his value down a bit. So I wouldn't want to go any higher than the 60s. But much like Zach, I'd, if he fell... Mid eighties, um, ninety. I'd certainly snap him up there. Yeah, when I I did a few weeks ago, like uh, ten hot takes for this season, but Austin Reed's finishing outside the top one hundred was one of them. And you know, he finished one forty seven last season. I know he has so much hype, and that's the only reason I really did that as a hot take mm. because he finished one forty seven last year. Played in sixty four games. He came off the bench, I think, for over half of them. And obviously, his breakout came during the playoffs, and now with team USA. And I think the only reason that I'm like kind of hesitant on, Ooh, shoot, maybe he might be for real. And maybe I do need to take him earlier than that is not the fact that he's just playing well in the FIBA world cup, but it's, he's playing better than everybody else on team USA. Like he's leading them in scoring. And that's kind of making me think like, it's, I think it's one thing for him to make the team or play well and stretches for the Lakers, but he's outplaying closing games with all of these talented players. It makes me kind of, question like i guess players also are all different in the FIBA world cup and i'm trying to gauge if that's something that's kind of happening here like for example a guy like patty mills is not the same player in the FIBA world cup that he is in the nba he's much more valuable when playing in these tournaments with australia so is that you know austin reeves adjusting his game better than other players or just the way he fits in with what steve kerr is trying to do here trying to see how that translates to the NBA. I don't know if there's anything, if you can really look at data for that because of how few like FIBA or like World Cup games there are. And he's only played in a couple, but I don't know. I, I have questions. Definitely 60s was, uh, was really, I think, mid 80s to 90s is I'm fine with, but I probably, I probably personally wouldn't take him there, but I don't have an issue with it. I understand it. Yeah, look, I think I just pulled up his numbers. If you look from last season, the, over the last month, uh, he was 91st in nine cat, uh, 19 points, three and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, uh, one and a half threes, efficient, 58% from the field, 86 from the line. I think that's probably about what we're looking at. Um, around 30, he might bump those minutes up slightly to 34, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably something we could base it on and and that's that as i said he was the 91st ranked player on to just quickly on FIBA, you're right with patty mills like he he's obviously very valuable for us um not as much as he has been because josh giddy has been amazing but someone like dennis schroeder as well for germany has been really good and i think austin reeves fits that more like the FIBA game is very different um obviously a lot of people over there in the States haven't seen a lot of FIBA basketball necessarily, whereas that's what we play over here in Australia. So we see it every week. 
Um, and it is a very different game, especially in terms of there's no defensive three seconds. That That's a massive difference. Um, Definitely. Because guys like Anthony Edwards, these athletic guys who can get to the bucket in the NBA, there's a, usually a massive dude just planted in the middle of the key in, in FIBA. So those guys don't stand out as much, whereas your, your guards that don't rely as much on athleticism can just find gaps and hit the holes, get to their spots. So, um, yeah, I do think that Austin Reeves' hype is, I mean, it's warranted, but it's he's not necessarily going to be able to do what he's doing at FIBA in the NBA. Yeah, and, and I'll just add, too, that, um, you know, Reeves did lead in scoring against Greece. I think he had 15. It was like 15, 5, and 6. Um, minutes distribution on this talented USA team has been pretty even across the board. So mm-hmm. I would I would venture that he would he, he will not lead the team in scoring in their next game out. I would give that to Edwards, uh, you know, or maybe somebody else, uh, Bancaro maybe. I think they've had a a different leading score in three or four of their last five games or Mm. something like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it was just his turn. Great game, but uh, well overhyped for it. Yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that'll be a really good basketball player where it just doesn't necessarily translate to nine-cap scoring fantasy dominance, which there's examples of that, but that's okay. I'm sure the Lakers would rather him help them win a championship than have him be – a top 50 asset nine cat scoring fantasy basketball, which is fair, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but we'll go ahead and move into this dynasty mock draft. I have, if you're watching video, I'm pulling up a slideshow with the picks uh, by round. Usually I've gone through and bolded our picks, but instead I'm just going to say them because I just was too lazy to go through and bold everything. I don't know. Um, but if you're just listening, I'm going to start reading the picks out. So, First was Luka Doncic, which I feel like, you know, it's a pretty standard top three. It's the first time I've seen him go one, but he's very young. That's fine. Uh, two, Nikola Jokic. I went Victor Wembanyama at three. Zach, surprisingly, went Tyrese Halliburton at four. SGA went five. Jason Tatum, six. LaMelo Ball, seven. Anthony Edwards, eight. Cade Cunningham, nine. Joel Embiid, ten. And then... Jaron Jackson Jr. at 11, and then Adam went Chet Holmgren at 12, Trey Young at 13, Giannis at 14, Darius Garland 15, Evan Mobley 16, Devin Booker 17, Scoot Henderson 18, Carl Anthony Towns 19, Donovan Mitchell 20. That was a lot of picks, obviously. Um, but Adam, we'll start with you because, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all about Zach taking Hal Burton, but we'll, we'll still give him a chance to, to talk about his guy. But Adam, what were you thinking going Chet at 12? Uh, yeah, I was looking at Trey there as well. Um, Dynasty, I rely a little more on looking at other people's projections and ranks because it's not my area of, of expertise. But I, I'm getting better. I've done more Dynasty this season than I've ever done. So, um, yeah, look, I'm just – I'm pretty high on, on Chet um, in terms of – of dynasty and redraft. I think he's creeping up my board in, in redraft as well. Um, and I, I just think like he's, to me, he's a, a cheaper version of Victor Wembanyama at the moment. Uh, he, he'll he give you similar uh, stats, um, really good shot blocking, good rebounding. I think he'll probably get more rebounds than Wembanyama this season, at least um, playing at the center and Wembanyama is, well, we don't know officially, but, could very well play at four. Um, so I think Chet will be really good in rebounds and blocks. Efficiency will probably be slightly better than Weminyama this season. Um, doesn't hit a lot of threes, but hits some threes. And I just really like the Thunder's direction. I think we all do um, where they're positioned at the moment with their young roster. And I think you'll see that by my next pick. That I'm pretty sure I took another Thunder player with my next pick from memory. Um so, no, I just really – I wasn't that high on Chet um, coming out of college. I don't follow college a ton. Um, but having seen him play in Summer League and and just had a look at some video and, and where he's positioned, where the team's positioned, I think he's going to be a pretty dominant player, top 15, top 10 player for the next 10 years. Yeah, I have no issue with it there. I think in my rankings that – I don't know. Whenever I get done with them, they'll be done. 
um, but working on the Miami at 16 right now. Um, yep. So it's a couple of picks before, but it's also if you're, you're choosing your direction of the influx of youth. And I think, like you said, you continue to do that uh, into the next round. So, and he has so much upside, like you said, similar kind of sort of to Wemby, but at a cheaper price. Um, Zach, do you have any other thoughts on Chet? And and then after that, just go ahead and talk about your boy. Yeah, man. So I, I heard you say he's a cheaper version of Wemby. So he's the wish.com Wemby. Uh, so is this a, is this a case where, we think that the the gulf between these guys is really is it massive, uh, or is it just a case of hey I'm not going to get Wimby because I don't have a top three pick so I'll use a you know top twelve top fifteen pick and get Chet a guy who's going to give me something similar uh, is that kind of what you guys are thinking here or are you are you aligned on the fact that Wimby is a a much better prospect or is the gap just pretty small. I wouldn't say the gap is massive, massive for me, but I think the fact that Wemby, I think does a little bit more with the ball in his hands. I mean, you know, assuming that everything goes according to plan, you know, we haven't actually seen him play an NBA game yet, but the upside of him being a few inches taller and hitting some step back threes and really being the face of that franchise. Whereas Chet may be a little bit limited by just how much talent they have there. I think that's a couple of the reasons that I'm higher on Wemby, and also it could definitely be the hype. That's definitely a potential factor here. Yeah, much the same for me. I think watching Wemby, watching Wemby Nyama is just—it's a weird experience because he looks like a point. Like you watch a lot of these seven-foot-two guys when they're dribbling the ball coming down the court, they look awkward. It doesn't look smooth if they're ever dribbling the ball. Wembenyama looks like a guard when he dribbles the ball, when he's playing off the dribble, attacking. It's so smooth. It's so fluid. It's 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 hard to get your mind around the fact that he is seven foot whatever he is, seven foot five now, seven foot six. It's it's really weird. So I do think that he is the better of the two. Um, and as you said, he's the face of the franchise. They're building around him, whereas in Oklahoma. I mean, Chet is our face of the franchise, but I wouldn't say he's the face of the franchise. They've got a really good squad there, as we said. So, um, yeah, I do still think Wembenyama is better, but it wouldn't surprise me if Chet is better than him this season. All right. Awesome. Uh, so I guess it's now time for me to talk about my boy, Tyrese Halliburton. It is. I'll go and make a yeah. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a... I, I don't really know what else to say about the guy. I mean, he he kind of left it on the court last season. Uh, he's going to be a – I mean, instantly, right, he becomes the face of the franchise in Indiana, first full season. He's a 20-10 and 10 guy. Um, you know, he's going he's gonna to be probably pushing to be the assist leader uh, most seasons, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. 20-10 uh, and 10 guy. Uh, he gets steals. He gets three-pointers. Uh, he's an efficient shooter. We, we didn't see a huge drop in efficiency, even though the usage went up. The role uh, obviously uh, took a huge step forward as primary playmaker and scorer for Indiana. Um, so I, I think the sky's the limit with this guy. He's only going to get better. Uh, and Indiana added some quality pieces in, I mean, just Obi Toppin and Bruce Brown alone. I think those are some great options, uh, you know, for him to facilitate to. Uh, and obviously he's going to go out and get his own shot on certain nights as well. Uh, so I think he has a great floor. You know, if his shot's not falling, he's still going to get you a bunch of assists. Uh, you know, a lot of those valuable counting stats and percentages, um, you know, that a lot of other guys aren't going to be able to get you. Uh, to such a, a elite level, and he's still very young too, uh, so that's why I took him here at four over somebody like an SGA, uh, who I think is uh, we probably saw his his ceiling last year. I don't see him taking another step forward this year, um, you know. And the only other guy I maybe would have considered in this spot would have been uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, so yeah, that, that's why it's Halliburton for me. Plus, uh, you know. Totally biased take here. I, I do love the guy. You know, I think biases should be encouraged in Dynasty because that's what makes it fun. So I thought it was a great pick. I think, like I said, there's a clear, for me, a clear top three with Jokic, Luka, and Wemby. And then it's the next four with Halliburton, SGA, Tatum, and LaMelo. 
And then Anthony Edwards is eight for me. I honestly really like the way this top 10 kind of shook out. I think it was pretty according to plan aside from Luca going one. Um, but yeah, I really liked uh, the way this first round went, but we'll go ahead and move over to round two. Um, instead of going through all 20 picks, I'm just going to mention ours. Uh, Adam took Josh Giddy at 29 and then Zach went Walker Kessler at 37, right? One pick before me. So Zach and I were both in a dynasty mock the other day, like a, a couple weeks ago at this point, that was just all, it wasn't a slow draft. We did it all at once picked right next to each other, just like here and just took turns sniping each other. And that's exactly what happened. And, then, and I think, it was all fun and games until he sniped me on Derek White, and then I was like, "Okay, my bad, man. I'll back off. I'll stop trying to. I'll stop trying to snipe you." But, um, and then I went Desmond Bain at thirty-eight. We'll just keep it in order of the way the picks went. Adam, you went another Thunder player and an Australian in Josh Giddy. I mean, you can just talk about Josh Giddy because we kind of know why you took him. So, yeah, look, I don't. I, I'm not sure if this is too high in a dynasty. I felt okay about it. Um, I was, of course, I was punting. So I, I after I took Chet, um, I decided to go with a punt points build. So I'm just looking for guys that will get me counting stats, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Giddy fits that um, build really well. Uh, he's, it is a bit biased. I mean, he's Australian. Uh, he's looked really good in the, in the World Cup, which, I mean, we drafted this before the World Cup, but um, I think he's going to have another really good year. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a top, like a first-round player in fantasy, but I feel like he'll get to be about a, like a second-round guy for multiple seasons uh, and punning points. You get a boost because he's never going to be a 25, 27-point scorer. He's, I feel like he's probably capped at about 20 points a game. Um but in saying that, I mean, I, for one, never thought Halliburton would be a big scorer. He can be a big scorer. We saw that last season. He had some really big nights. So uh, Giddy's been hitting some threes uh, at the World Cup. So that looks to be continuing he, his development in that area. So, no, look, I really like it. And as you said, it, it, it's a dynasty league. You're going to be stuck with these guys for five years, ten years, whatever it is. So pick guys that you want to have on your team and that you enjoy watching. And you're banking, you're banking on the Thunder's, uh, oh my goodness, words. Uh, you're banking on the Thunder's success. There we go. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad plan at all. And like you said, if he's a second round guy for 10 years, getting him at 29 is great value. So I have no problem with it there. Zach, do you have anything to add or do you just want to talk about Walker, Texas Ranger? Yeah, dude. I No, I would love to talk about the Ranger, but I, I am absolutely <laughs> rooting for Josh Giddy to – put up the first FIBA triple double uh, mm-hmm. this, this year. Uh, he came close the other day uh, and, and I think he, he does do it in this tournament. So I'm excited to, to see the very first one of those ever. Um, yeah. He's a very exciting guy. And I think the Thunder are a team that makes some noise in this year's playoffs. There's a, there's a hot take for you. Uh, so yeah, I, I have no problem with that pick right there. Um, moving on. Yeah. Moving on to, you know, Walker Kessler, Ranger, the, you know, the Ranger, whatever you want to call him, Blocker Kessler. Um, this is a guy that, yeah, I, I'm very high on this year. Um, uh, I, I think there's a real reality where he finishes as a top 12 player this year. Uh, now, part of that is kind of with the grain of salt that his Z score in the blocks category is going to be far and away so much better than everybody else in basketball. Uh, that it's going to elevate him up, you know, to that top 12, uh, you know, similar to what we saw from Triple J last year, what we saw from Miles Turner when he led the league in blocks, uh, which I think he had 3.4, 3.5, you know, a few years back. Um, so I think Kessler is in that same vein, um, but he has a clear, I think his floor is top 50. Uh, so even if he doesn't finish within that first one or two rounds, uh, you know, just because of his deficiency in, you know, category like free throw percentage, threes, uh, even scoring. Uh, I, I think the real range of outcomes for him is probably in the, you know, 36 to 50 range. Uh, so very excited for him this year. He definitely has a lot of upside and will definitely dominate 
the few categories that we know he's going to rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage. And even if there is some limitations, I have, I mean, I have him ranked higher than 37. I was going to take him at 38. If you didn't, um, Adam, what do you think about Walker Kessler? Cause I, I think kind of the discussion on Twitter right now, um, is how amplified in rankings, big men that just rebound, shoot a high field goal percentage and blocks without giving you much else, how amplified they are in nine cat rankings. Mm. Um, so how does that kind of affect how you view Walker Kessler? Oh, look, I think if you follow fantasy, if you follow NBA, you're fully aware of that. It's not a new concept. Um, there have been guys like that for years. Um, Rudy Gobert was a perfect example for a long time. Um, he, he built his value on blocks. As soon as his blocks fall away, like we've seen the last year or two, his value plummets. So, of course, that could happen to Kessler. Um but it is what it is. Like that's that's the way fantasy works. So there, are, it's it's not simply guys that are high in blocks that get this boost. Remember, Otto Porter was like a top forty player if you looked at pure ranking for multiple seasons. That was built on him never turning the ball over. If you look at his stats, he never never did anything outlandish other than no turnovers and reasonable steal numbers decent efficiency. He was never a big scorer, rebounder, assists. So this isn't an isolated case of, of a player whose value is built on one category. Um, we have multiple players around his range. Miles Turner, you could say, is similar. Jaron Jackson, look at his value last season. If you take it away blocks, he fell to like the 80th ranked player or something. So it's part of fantasy. If you want, if you want these low-volume categories like blocks or steals, you need to go up and you need to grab your guys. And and I think we saw Kessler last season down the stretch was a very reliable source of blocks. And if you're taking him as a shot blocker, that's what you want. Someone who's going to get you two to three blocks a night, which I think he will. Yeah. I think, you know, you know what you're getting. If, if you're okay with that, draft him. If you want guys that are more, I don't know, contributing across the board, then you might have to look elsewhere. Um, I went Desmond Bain at 38, who, honestly, my cue got wiped out. I like Desmond Bain. I wasn't necessarily going because he fit well with Wemby. I don't think he fits bad. I think he just doesn't necessarily do as much defensively as, you know, I might want to combine with a guy like Wemby. But he's going to start off the season really well with John Morant out. He's going to be kind of the focal point of the offense, maybe him and Jaron Jackson Jr. trying to split things between them now that with, with Jaw out of the picture with Dylan Brooks gone, I guess they'd also have Marcus Smart in there. They're going to have things to figure out, which I think will help Desmond Bain get off to a really good start, but also just long-term, he's 25, which is a little bit older considering he's only been in the league for a few seasons. Uh but he's been, he's finished 36 last year and the and the year before in nine cats. So he contributes a good bit across the board. Has a lot of upside as a scorer. I don't know. Zach, what do you kind of think about Desmond Bain moving forward? Yeah, I, I think Bain has, uh, Bain is another guy that is kind of in that range of, you know, if everything falls right for him this year can he finish as a top 12 guy and i think there's a reality in which that happens uh, i i like him more in that kind of 15 to 30 range um but yeah i i mean yeah 25 maybe a little bit older um uh, you know for a, a dynasty guy perhaps but uh, just in redraft um you know i think he he can be a top 12 guy this year um and i think in dynasty we still haven't seen his ceiling yet right like his his best play is it's still not happened yet. Um, he's an elite three-point shooter. Uh, we saw him start to take steps forward as a playmaker last year. Um, obviously, the percentages are good. Um, so I think maybe a little bit more in the defensive categories from Bain, and uh, he could be a bona fide stud. Uh, really like what he's going to do this year when Morant's out. Adam, anything to add on Desmond Bain? No, look, I think I think he's a really solid pick here. Um yeah, our top 12, I think he'd need a lot of things to go his way to get into the top 12, but we, we've seen stranger things happen, um, especially with Jar out for a while. 
Um, no, look, I think Bain's trajectory is is really positive. He's improved every year. Um, and, yeah, he, he sort of he doesn't blow up in any one category, but he's solid defender, gets some assists, good scorer, um, really good three-point shooter. So, no, I'm, I'm fine with taking him here. I think he's a really safe pick. Yeah. And we'll move on to the third round. We had a third-round reversal. Uh, so we'll actually mention Adam's pick first again. Um, he took OG Ananobi at pick 49, and then Zach took Jordan Poole at pick 57. He just had to snipe me again. But I was happy to get Devin Vassell at pick 58, just with the theme of sticking in order. Adam, we're going to start with you again. OG Ananobi at 49, I think that's very solid value there for a guy that could potentially lead the league in steals again. He's still pretty young. Yeah, that's that's basically why I went with him here. Um, as I said, punning points, so he's a good fit there. He's not a big scorer. Uh, my first two guys, Chet and and Josh Giddy, neither of them are big steals guys, so I wanted to boost my steals here, get a guy that hits some threes. Um, percentages aren't terrible. So, yeah, I mean, he fit what I was looking for. I, I was after steals. I was considering Fred Van Fleet here as well, um, but I just went with the uh, slightly younger Ananobi. Van Fleet, I don't know, his injuries concern me a little bit. He's had he's had a, a lot of niggles over the last sort of two, three seasons. I mean, part of that is just Nick Nurse playing him 50 minutes a night, but that's not going to happen again. But once you've got a... A damaged knee it's it's sort of it hangs it can hang around so that's why i went with ananobi here um so no i was i was happy to get him um again i don't think he's a guy that's going to bust out and be a top 20 player or anything like that but i think he can have multiple seasons where he flirts with as you said leading the league in steals which is all i need from him yeah he's averaged the last three seasons at least two threes per game and at, la- at least a steal and a half steals bumped up to 1.9 last season, which is he led the league, finished 27th in nine cat. He's 26 years old. Uh, Zach, what do you think about getting OG at pick 49? I love this pick, man. I, I know this doesn't create a whole lot of tension or drama for the show, man. But I, I mean, because I, I really have loved all these picks from you guys. This is this was a great one. Um, Ananobi, I think, is another guy that could have a huge season uh, with Van Vliet out of town with such a, a pretty much. I mean, really, the Raptors are very, very thin outside of that starting five. Uh, so I think he could have a huge season. And as you mentioned, you know, he could lead the league in steals for how many more seasons? He could do it two or three more times at least uh, and be one of the top contributors in that category for years to come. So I think that in of itself, uh, you know, we talked about Kessler with the blocks. Steals are another very scarce category. So I, I think Ananobi is a fantastic pick right here. Yeah, I like it as well. Um, Zach, we might need you to create more drama in the future because I guess that's kind of what your goal is apparently. Um, and w- me and Adam will just stick on the same side and be peaceful with each other. Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the guy who's now playing for, I, we'll call it your hometown team, um, Jordan Poole, who's now with the Wizards. Jordan Poole's going to lead the league in scoring this year, man. I mean, it's it, – yeah, don't, don't spit your drink out. Set the drink down. Put it off camera. Look, man, sorry, but this man is going to put up a lot of shots this year. I Who else does Washington have right now? It, it was a fire sale. Beal is gone. KP is gone. They signed Kuz to a big deal. Uh, so you can guarantee two things this year. You can guarantee Kyle Kuzma coming into the arena with some crazy fits, and you can guarantee Jordan Poole putting up 20 to 25 shots a night and and going for 28 to 30 points a game this season. He's all Washington's got, and this is his time to show out after getting, I mean, literally and proverbially punched in the mouth last year. So this is this is his time to shine. So Jordan Poole getting 25 shots a night and Kyle Kuzma fits. That's all we have to look forward to. And yet still the home opener tickets are $34 at least, which I think it's a bit high if that's all we're getting is 25 shot attempts with Jordan Poole. Leading the league in scoring, thank you for bringing a little bit of, of that drama that I, I just asked for. Like You responded well. I, I appreciate that. But I, I really did like getting him at 57. Like I said, I would have taken him at 58 if you didn't. 
and think that's really good value for him. He's not just going to lead. No, okay. He's not going to lead the league in scoring this year, but he's going to be really good this year for fantasy. If you can deal with the, the turnovers and the probably abysmal field goal percentage, I think he has a really good season, but I don't think Washington has a clear path to just rebuilding. Cause I think that they still have too much talent for them to just say, okay, cool. This team's going to pick first or pick second, pick third immediately. I think they still have a couple guys, so they're going to have to, you know, mess with the roster, mess with the lineup a little bit to try and avoid continuing to pick at like pick seven. So Jordan Poole could be their leading scorer for the next few seasons. So I really like getting him at 57. We've seen him try and emulate Steph Curry's game while playing alongside him. I think, you know, he brings a little bit of a championship pedigree, even if nobody wants to acknowledge or admit that, like, it's not like he's just a bum that's going to score 25 a night. That means nothing. Like he's won before. And I know it's part of Warriors culture, but I think he might be able to bring a little bit of an edge to at least make Washington, not the worst team in the league. Um, Adam, is that a ridiculous take to say Washington's not going to be the worst team in the league or, or do you think that maybe they are? Uh, Based purely on their roster, I don't think they will be. Like if you if you just simply have a look at the rosters of different teams, but they there's certainly a way to them. Like there is a path to them becoming the worst team, whether it's injuries or whether it's some weird rotations. I mean, letting Jordan Poole shoot 25, 30 shots a game might be part of that path to losing. <laughs> um, but look, I, I agree though in terms of. Well, I don't know if I agree in terms of leading the league in scoring. He'll give it. A, he'll give it a crack. I think we, we can all agree that he will. He will do his best to try and lead the league in scoring. Um, and and I, I mean, for me, he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder after last season. Um, it, it wasn't a good year. He was basically let go by the Warriors. Um, so he's going to be out to prove some people wrong. So it'll be an adventure. Um, and I think, I mean, I think he's going to be a 27, probably well, 25 minimum, I would say point scorer, but 27 potentially, um, sneaky assists as well. Uh, we, we, we've seen that in golden state that he can get you four, five, six assists. Uh, that's part of his game. I think that's often overlooked. So I really like him here. And, and then Devin Vassell at 58, love that pick as well. Oh yeah. You know, I, we're high on Devin Vassell here. I will add about Jordan Poole, his biggest competition, which also may be the biggest reason that he doesn't lead the league in points per game, is that Kyle Kuzma is going to be trying to do the same thing. And seeing both of them try and compete to shoot 30 shots a night, it might result in both of them finishing top 10. But I don't know if either of them can actually finish the job and lead the league. But Devin Vassell, 58, love his upside, uh, you know, guy that – has the athleticism and the ability to average over a steal per game. And also I, I think he has the ability to get to at least close to a block per game. By the time he reaches his prime, he didn't do that last year. I want to say off the top of my head while I'm pulling it up, he averaged 0.4 blocks per game. Um, yeah, that's what he averaged 0.4 blocks, 1.1 steals and 2.7 threes. The season before he averaged 0.6 blocks. I think he has the athleticism to get closer uh, to a block per game. And getting that out of the wing position, getting the defensive contributions, getting the three-pointers, but also getting the scoring because he's not just a guy that is shooting catch-and-shoot threes. Like he's, he's creating a shot off the dribble, getting mid-range shots as well. I think he's a guy that's going to be on the floor a lot. Like He's much better than a lot of people even think. If he played more than 38 games because of injury, he may have been in contention for most improved. Um not that he would have won it because now they just give it to former lottery picks to finally pan out um, instead of, you know, well, I guess he's a lottery pick too. So point it former top three picks. We'll go with that. Um, but I think I really like his upside finished 78 to nine cap, but I think he can get way, way better than that. Had no problem taking him at 58. Adam, you just said you like it, but do you want to expand a little bit on Vassell? Yeah. Look, I think, um, Currently, he's probably the Spurs' best player. Uh, Weminyama obviously has the ceiling to be their best player, but I think at the moment it's it's Vassell. Um, he was injured a lot last season. Well, injured, air quotes. He didn't play. It paid um, off. He was injured. I mean, he had. I think he had some surgery, minor surgery at some point. Mm-hmm. So, so he was injured. Uh, it's but down the stretch, I think 
as with all of their roster, they were they were resting, they were alternating. So I don't think we got a true look at at what he can be last season. He's still only twenty three, I want to say. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, so still very young. I think he'll be top fifty this season if he's healthy. Um, he'll have better players around him. Um, he could nudge twenty points, nineteen points a game, um, four or five assists, one point. 1.4 steals. Like I think he, he'd be solid in that category. Um, so no, I, I really like him here. I think along with Wembenyama, he is the guy that they're building around um, in San Antonio. Yeah, like I said, he finished 78th. Um, you, know, you said 19, 20 points game. He averaged 18 and a half last year. Mm. Um, we saw him forced into some tough situations as just trying to become the guy really quickly because of all the trades they made to get rid of all their talent. So I think as they add in more talent, their guys develop. His field goal percentage should go up. It's gone up every year. It was 44 last year. So that can only get better, which can only help his ranking. Zach, what do you think about Devin Vassell? Yeah, that's what I was going to add as well. The free, the field goal percentage, can we see that get up into the 45, 46 range? If so, that'll do a, a you know big uh, – Big step for him, uh, and the free throw percentage uh, was was down a bit last year. So mm-hmm. if we can see that kind of regress back up into the you know maybe even eighty percent range, uh, just some you know small improvements in the percentages, uh, you know while continuing to develop and staying healthy uh, for the most part, yeah, I think I think this is a fantastic pick right here. Yeah, and we'll move into round four, and. With round four, I started off among us, uh, pick 63, getting on Yeko Okongwu. Zach got Nick Claxton at 64, and Adam got Anthony Simons at 72. We'll start with Okongwu. Um, a little bit, a lot of bit of Hawks bias here, but I also really like getting him at the spot. I have no, I don't think it was too early. I don't think I was too biased here because we could see him as early as this season take over as the starting center, become Trey Young's primary pick and roll partner, which seems to work out well for fantasy as we've seen with John Collins and Clint Capel over the past few seasons when they're playing well, but he also isn't the free throw percentage liability that Clint Capella is. And he's a better defender going to get more blocks than John Collins. So I think his upside is massive and it's just a matter of when not if, because we just need him to become a starter. They, they need to trade Clint Capella or just make Okongwu the starter. And now we're all just, crossing our fingers and just hoping and waiting. Zach, what do you think about OO? I again, man, I I am very high on this guy for redraft. Uh, I don't know that I would necessarily grab him right here for dynasty. Maybe that's a, a crazy take in in itself. Um, I I'm very concerned though. I know you said it's just a matter of, you know, of when rather than if. I, I don't know, is it? Is it actually a matter of that? Uh, you know, Capella is still getting paid. Capella has not been moved despite, you know, from what I understand, many attempts. I know Dallas would have liked to have gotten him. Uh, you know, so is this going to be a case where Okongu does finally get a chance to shine and does finally overtake Capella? Or will he be in his shadow for the next year or two, uh, you know, or until Capella's contract is up? Uh, that's something that really gives me pause with him. I, I really do love the upside, uh, but it, the ceiling is severely capped at this point. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm okay with him here. Um, I agree that yeah, like he, I mean, the the upside is there. We, we've seen it last season. He was 78th in 23 minutes a night, so top 80 coming off the bench. Uh, I think he plays more than that this season, maybe 25, 24. I I do agree a little bit. I'm not – I don't have a ton of confidence in Atlanta trading Capella. I really hope they do, but I probably would have done it two years ago if I was them and and they didn't. Uh, And just, like, looking down the board here for anyone that is watching, um, there's actually quite a a strong run of centres here in the the – top half of this round. So DeAndre Ayton, Okongwu, Nick Claxton, Jalen Duran, Jarrett Allen, Mark Williams, Wendell Carter. Um, so a lot of centers went off the board here. Would I prefer any of them over Okongwu? Possibly. Um, 
Although of a lot of those guys, I do think Okongwu has the most upside on the offensive end. Like I think he could develop into a mid-range scorer, possibly add a three-pointer. I don't see that necessarily happening for guys like Jarrett Allen, uh, Nick Claxton, Mark Williams, um, possibly Jalen Duran. He was, I think he hit some threes in summer league, didn't he? So yeah, it's I'm okay with him here, but I, I yeah, I think upside wise, he could certainly beat this. Um, but we really need Capella to go. And look, the, the Mavericks wave JaVale McGee. <laughs> Maybe they're opening a spot for Clint Capella. Maybe. Maybe that's it. And honestly, I'll also say as a little bit of bias, Hawks fan, I think that their front office is competent. Maybe you guys don't, and maybe that's why you don't have any comp- confidence in the Hawks finally moving on from Clint Capella despite all my prayers. They just haven't traded him yet. They haven't decided Okongwu is going to be the starting center. But maybe, like you said, it's happening soon. Maybe that's why they're clearing the roster spot, getting rid of a, a center, but probably not. But we'll see. Uh, but Zach did take one of those other centers that you mentioned and the one that I believe – or I would assume without or with kind of while I'm looking, finished the highest in nine cap value last season. Nick Claxton really broke out, um, was one of the league leaders in blocks, shot a high field goal percentage, grabbed a ton of rebounds, shot a low free throw percentage. I mean, he really fits in well on your team with Walker Kessler, Zach. Oh, man, I got a pair of young studs that are going to lead my team to block and rebound paradise for years to come, man. So I, I had to go ahead and just make that pairing right there. It was it was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. No-brainer there. Um, despite what he did last season, he's still being underdrafted for me this season. Um, he's ADP at the moment. Where are we? So his ADP on Yahoo is 50, uh, and he finished as, oh, I want to say he was in the second round last season. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, people are still down on him for whatever reason. And there is a bit of that, oh, he only blocks shots kind of thinking, a little bit like Walker Kessler, but um, he's only 24, 25. I think he's still quite young. Um, he's the centre that they're building around in in Brooklyn now with their young squad, so he fits their timeline perfectly uh so yeah look I, I think getting him at 64 when he could be he could be what another five six seven years of top 30 production um yeah this is great value yeah and i actually was just looking i have claxton a good bit higher than Congo on my rankings i think this is incredible value for claxton i, th- I will i think the two reasons i didn't and I, like i said this draft took years so i don't remember exactly what i was thinking when it happened but um i didn't have anybody else that had any free throw issues so i was trying to avoid that a little bit and the hawks bias i have it i have it when i draft i try not to have it in my content or my rankings or anything i have it when i draft um but i really like claxton there and then adam i really like the anthony simons pick as well i think that a lot of people we met a lot of people but the assumption around a Damian Lillard trade is that Scoot Henderson is going to have the ball in his hands more. And I think Jeremy Grant's kind of the top guy that's expected to have a big season. Um, I really expect him to have a big season as well, but I think Anthony Simons definitely has a chance to his stats. Every single time Damian Lillard doesn't play are insane. He averages like 24 points and five threes whenever Dame didn't play over the past two seasons. And now we're pretty much expecting a Damian Lillard trade at some point, I think, hopefully, maybe. Uh, Simons has a lot of upside. What do you think? Yeah, look, I was fine to get him here. I didn't love the pick. Um, and looking down there, maybe Trey Murphy would have been an option for me. So I was, I was trying to build up my three-pointers there because my first three guys, Giddy, Chet, and, and OG is decent from three. But I was just trying to get a, a sort of a high-volume three-point scorer. Um, he'll get some assists. I think he's currently he he would be ahead of Shaden Sharp in their in the rotation, and he's a better player. I'm not sure long term whether they see him as part of that sort of backcourt of the future, or whether it is Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson. But whether he's in Portland, whether he's traded somewhere, he he's going to feature on offense. He's, he's a really good offensive player, so I don't think he has sort of top forty multiple top 40 seasons or anything in him. 
but I think he can be a, a sort of a consistent 20, 22 point scorer with three, three and a half threes, um, and some some sort of makeshift point guard um, upside in him as well. So, yeah, not not my favourite pick, but also I don't hate it. Zach, what do you think about Simons at seventy two? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily hate the pick either. It's not the it's not the most thrilling pick in the world right here. Um, but yeah, I I'm totally fine with it. Uh, I I would have preferred to get Sharp as well. Uh, I I think he is um, he and Scoot are going to be the you know, cornerstones mm-hmm. here, obviously. But you know we've seen what Simons can do, um, and so getting him here is it's not a bad pick. It's just eh, it's just yeah. a pick, right? Yeah. Maybe I need to start the Anthony Simons fan club because I really like this pick. <laughs> I really like Anthony Simons as a scorer, as an assist guy, as a three-pointers source. Um, great pick, Adam. I know you guys may not think so, but I, I thought it was a really good pick. Oh, look, like I said, I'm happy to get him there. And, and I do yeah. have him in, a, in the Dynasty 30 league that um, that we're in. Um, I got him, picked him up last season. I traded Kyrie Irving for him. So, so I'm obviously somewhat high on him because I that's gave fair. up Kyrie Irving to get him. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, as a uh, known Kyrie Irving fan, it was really shocking to see Adam King trade Kyrie Irving away. So, uh, but we'll move on to round five. And this might be where we kind of wrap up, uh, maybe briefly talk about the final 11 rounds, but uh, for the sake of time, um, Adam, you got Jaden McDaniels at pick 89. Zach got Cam Johnson at pick 97. And I got Derek White at pick 98. I'm not going to talk about Derek White at all. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but Adam, I really like Jaden McDaniels and the fact that you got him at 89. The sky is the limit for him. A guy that can get steals, blocks, and threes. I think the only question is what's his role look like in Minnesota? What are they doing with their team? Yeah, that's... Uh, that that is the question. Um, I mean, he he was he featured pretty prominently last season, thirty minutes a night. Um, I think he probably plays similar, if not a little bit more. As I said earlier, I'm punting points, so I don't care that he's only a 12, 14 point scorer. He, as you said, he's going to get some rebounds, defensive stats. He'll hit some threes, so he does exactly what I need him to do. Uh, he's still young. Uh, again, dynasty. The, you want to try and get youth if you can. He's still only 22, 23, I'm pretty sure. He's only been around for about three years. Um, so I'm I'm fine with him here in my build. Um, again, I don't think he's a a guy that's going to break, in, break out and be a top 50 player because he just doesn't score the ball enough, I don't think. But um, for what I need him to do, I think he can do that for, for a decade. Definitely. Zach, anything to add on Jade McDaniels? No, I don't think there's anything to add here. Uh, I think Kingy hit it right on the mark. Uh, again, little drama from me, little disagreement here. Okay, great. Then I'll let you go ahead and talk about your Cam Johnson pick at pick 97. Ooh. Cam Johnson at pick 97, I think, is quite a value in redraft. I think it's even more of a value here in a dynasty league. Uh, this guy, yes, he's older for a dynasty player. Uh, yes, there is some risk of injury, but this guy is uh, an excellent uh, three-point shooter, uh, which means that his career and his production, uh, you know, can potentially be a little bit longer than a guy that plays, you know, maybe more physical style of basketball. Um, so I think that's one you know, one reason to grab him here. Second reason is, uh, you know, he's a featured guy in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, him and Mikhail Bridges are going to be, uh, you know, focal points for this team uh, for the foreseeable future. And we saw when Cam Johnson is able to be healthy, he has top 50 upside and potentially maybe a little bit more. Uh, so I, I think he's, is he 27 or 28? Uh, something like that. 27, yeah. 27. Yeah. So I, I think to get him right inside the top 100 here where we might get four to five, maybe more years of just really quality top 50 to top 75 production. I think that's a steal right here. I, I love this pick and I'm biased because I made it, but I, I really like this one. 
Definitely. He finished 54th last year in nine cat, but he was even after the trade still around similar value, but he's going to play a larger role now that he's playing in Brooklyn instead of in Phoenix alongside Devin Booker. Um, Adam, what do you think about Cam Johnson at pick 97? If I'm not mistaken, you're really, really high on him this year. I am. Yeah. I, I love this pick um, here at 97. Uh, as you said, he was borderline top 50 last season and did nothing like no one even talked about him. Um, oh yeah. I think he's, he's a decent rebounder. He's not a great rebounder, but he he can contribute in that category. Sneaky defensive upside. He's sort of, he's over a steal a game. Um, really strong three point shooter. Good from the line, much like Claxton and, and McCall Bridges. He fits this timeline in Brooklyn perfectly. So he's going to be in this role for the foreseeable future. And although he is 27, it's only his fifth year in the league. Um, so he must have had a few years at college. I, I didn't, yeah. I'm not sure, but I'm assuming he had three or four years at college before he came out. So, yeah, although he is slightly older, he he's young in terms of his career. So um, there is still upside there, room to improve. So, yeah, look, I love it here. And I love Derek White at 98. We're not talking about him, but I love it. We can't talk about Derek White um, just because I've probably taken up every, way too much of people's time by writing and talking about Derek White. But Adam, something that we forgot to do earlier that we had a great opportunity to do that we didn't do was talk about Dante Exum. We <laughs> we had a great opportunity to do it. Um, I just needed to throw the name out there. I don't even know if there's anything to mention. I, I think I checked the box score earlier and he played like a couple minutes and scored like four points on one for four shooting earlier today. Um, but Dante yeah. Exum, he's playing for the Australian national team and I, and Dallas. So Dante Exum. He is. Yeah. Look, he, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't great last night. That was probably his worst game um, to this point in the, in the world cup, but he, he has been good. Um, he's, he's a funny guy to watch uh, because, because of the injuries he's had, He's lost a lot of his athleticism, so he's not a high flyer. He looks a little bit clunky getting around the court, the way he moves, but he's still got defensive upside. He's still got good length. He can attack the basket. He's improved his three-point shot a lot um, while he's been in Europe playing. So he's built for FIBA, um, like a, a few of these players. Again, as I said, he, he doesn't rely on athleticism anymore. So that's not to say he's going to have a massive role in Dallas this season, but I think he can have a role Um and as long as it's a big enough role that we can talk about him whenever we're on the show, then I'm happy. We'll make sure. I mean, if he's improved his shot and he can still defend, we have to talk about Dante Exum. That's all that matters. Yep. That's all that matters. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 21. I think I was discussing this with Rhett Bauer the other day, just saying like, man, I keep doing hour and a half long podcasts. I'm going to try and make it a little shorter. So I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, perhaps we'll get together again to discuss the rest of this, maybe try and get through because I know we only got through five rounds instead of all 16. Um, but gentlemen, I guess before we go, Adam, what do you slash you guys have coming up with fantasy basketball international? Um, yeah, look, just plugging away and, and trying to find content to talk about. Um, but the season is getting closer. So we, we've got a, I've got another show coming out with doc, uh, later, well, let me tonight, later today, my time, uh, Zach will be coming on that show as well to do some ADP battles. Um, we've got a mock auction draft coming up this weekend, um, which will be a that'll be a two hour show probably just because auction drafts take longer than normal drafts. Um, and yeah. Just shows, um, rankings are up. I know Matt Lawson's about to get his redraft ranks up as well. We've got the the FBI Locked on Fantasy Bowl World Cup, uh, Locked on Fantasy Basketball World Cup. Um, I'll be giving away some entries on the show later today. Uh, and over the next week or two, we'll be giving out entries. So I think we've got 288 to give out. Um, $11,500 in prizes, I think, from memory, something like that. So... Uh, that's yeah. We'll be we'll be filling that league up slowly. But uh, other than that, enjoying the World Cup and uh, waiting for NBA to start. 
Yeah. And Zach, I kind of know what you have going on, but if you want to just update us on what we can be looking forward to from you. Yeah, man. Uh, so I will have the pleasure of joining Doc and Kingy tonight. And then if I'm not mistaken, Kingy, I think we're hooking up for the uh, auction draft on Saturday. So I have the pleasure of talking with you three times this week, which would be awesome. That would be certainly my pleasure. Um, and for NBC, uh, yeah, Noah, you, you know what we're doing. The both of us are grinding hard to get the, uh, you know, 300 plus player outlooks and, uh, dozen or more articles, rankings, uh, projections out, along with uh, Raphael Johnson. The three of us are, are kind of cranking out this draft guide now that is due to come out in the next month or so, right? Something like that, middle of September. Something like that. Some sort. Yeah. Hopefully we'll know soon, but we'll get that all figured out. Plenty of content coming your way. Follow both these guys on Twitter. I don't know if I can start by saying X. I have to say Twitter, but if you want to call it X, that's fine. Uh, if you're watching it, you can see it. If not, at Adam King 91 and at Zach the Monster. Um, but like I said, that is going to do it for this episode. And guys, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Thanks, for, having me. Thanks for having me.